You're listening to Coast Watch Football. It's the weekly podcast on all things Central Coast Mariners. And we've got two games to talk about in this week's episode. First of all, our nil all draw with Brisbane Raw. And then on Saturday night, we got back to winning ways in the F3 derby with a 1-0 win away to Newcastle Jets. We'll also be breaking down the upcoming fixture, which is away to tabletoppers Melbourne City. Hope you had a great week, Mariners fans. Thanks again for tuning in for Coast Watch Football every single Tuesday on wherever you consume your podcasts. Let's dive into the results from across the A-League, stretching back to last Wednesday, the 12th of May. Of course, we had our nil or draw with Brisbane Raw, which we're going to be diving into very shortly. Perth Glory have have picked up a decent run of form lately. They've, they won 3-0 um, on the same night, Wednesday night, uh, at home to Western United. Western have been struggling at the moment. They, they were looking pretty good with games in hand heading into the, the final rounds of the season, um, but have really dropped the ball and, and, and have been struggling, have been struggling lately. Melbourne City uh, extended their lead on, t- on the top of the ladder Thursday night with a 4-1 win over Adelaide United. MacArthur won 3-1 over Melbourne Victory. Sydney FC picked up a win over Western United 1-0. And then, of course, um, the final fixture on Saturday night was our F3 derby win. On Sunday afternoon, we had three games. Melbourne City um, were probably frustrated not to get a win in this game. Wellington Phoenix coming up with a late equaliser to, um, to, 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 bring it, to bring the scores to two all there in that game, um, which is a good result for us if we are aiming for that top place. Obviously, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Of course, we play City this weekend, um, but Melbourne City not quite there in terms of securing, in securing the, um, the premiership um, um, at the top of the league table this season. Adelaide United and Brisbane Raw, again, two of our top six rivals. The Reds picking up a 1-0 win in that game. And then Perth Glory continuing their solid run of form with a big 5-1 win at home to, to, uh, the, to Western Sydney Wanderers. And um, crazy goal from Andy Keogh in this game. Um, an, an amazing goal scored from, man, must have been 30, 40 metres out from goal and looped it over the keeper's head. Uh, crazy goal if you haven't checked it out. Um, and a couple more fixtures still there to be played in round 21. It's the big blue Sydney FC play Melbourne victory on Wednesday night. And again, on Wednesday, Perth Glory host Adelaide United. So um, in terms of uh, how the table looks after this weekend's games, a little bit of movement. Uh, Mariners, we do sit in second place. and But of course, closely followed by Sydney FC and Adelaide United, who are just one point behind, as are MacArthur. And I think goal difference is really going to come to play as we come into these final few games of the season. Melbourne City, after their draw, um, we are level on games with them, finally. Um, it feels like forever since, um, you know, Melbourne City have always had that game in hand. Um, but now we just sit nine points behind. So it'll be interesting. I mean, if we do beat them this weekend, which is, you know, probably unlikely, um, considering how well they are playing at the moment. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'll certainly be interesting um, in these final rounds of the season. Brisbane Raw uh, make the top six as well, but are level on points with the Wanderers on 31 points, but now a four-point gap between fifth and sixth. So it's interesting to seeing that little gap open up there. It has been very tight um, across most of the table for for a big chunk of the season. Now, Wellington Phoenix and Perth Glory sit level on 28 points, as do Western United. Um, they're all still in contention for the finals. Um, of course, Western United have lost the last four games in a row. Perth Glory winning the last three. So a little bit of movement down there. And of course, Melbourne Victory and Newcastle Jets make up the two bottom sides in the competition. So 
it's interesting stuff. And I know I keep saying that, but it is. And this season has been incredibly entertaining. And if you're a neutral, it's it's really great stuff to watch. And from Mariner's perspective, great to get back to winning ways um, on Saturday night in the F3 Derby. But let's dive into our first game. We're going to talk, take you back to Wednesday night at uh, up there in Redcliffe as we took on Brisbane Raw. Just a couple weeks after, of course, our dreadful 4-0 defeat at home to the Raw, we travelled up there for the reverse fixture, facing them away from home up there at Redcliffe. And, and in terms of the side that we took there, again, it's fair, no big surprises. Marco Renya still out with suspension in this game. Of course, his suspension was reduced uh, to two games, which means he was included in the match um, on Saturday, away to Newcastle Jets. Um, but of course, the lineup saw Dan Bowman and Joshy Nisbet starting on on the, on the flanks. Josh Nisbet, for the last couple of games, have, has been playing on the left side. Um, we've usually been seeing him deployed on the right, um, but I like that. I think Bowman, you know, operates a bit more effectively on the right hand side. Just his pace and the way he drives forward. Think back to that goal that we scored at home to Melbourne Victory, where he was driving down the right side and got around his man and laid it in for Marco Renya um, in that uh, in our home game against Melbourne Victory a few weeks back. Um, so Alu Kowal started alongside Matt Simon. Um, Alu hoping for a better performance after his lackluster outing um, away to Melbourne victory in the, in the previous round. Um, of course, we know Alu's talents, but he didn't quite come alive in that game as we might have hoped for. And of course, the same consistent back four that went into this game that have been so superb this season. In terms of Brisbane Raw's lineup, um, fairly full strength, of course, without some key players to injury, still without Jack Hingott and Tommy Aldred. Um, but it's a fairly consistent lineup that they have been playing with lately, of course. In the, in the preview last week, we spoke about the, that dangerous trio up front, Dan Zaki, Dylan Wenzel-Halls, Joey Champness, um, very dangerous players, have been scoring goals of late as well. And they do have some exciting young talent on the bench. Of course, Alex Parsons scored a goal against us in the reverse fixture. Heading into the game, um, I, I, heading into the game, it was we were hoping for revenge, of course, after that four 0 defeat. And again, I said it before, where that where that that score line, I didn't really reflect the game for me. I didn't think it was that much of a difference between the sides. Uh, we easily could have had a goal or two in that game, and, and it could have ended a draw. But Brisbane Raw just ran away with it in the end. There and scored two late goals uh, a few weeks back. And we definitely had the ability to come back and especially knowing we had that result in the back of our minds. And, you know, we haven't had a game like that at all this season. They haven't had us. We haven't seen a scoreline like that this season. Um, it was important to get back to, to winning ways and at least grab a draw from this game. Of course, Brisbane Raw, um, it was, this was a pivotal game because had they have won, it would have, the table would have looked very different. I reckon very, very different at the moment. Um, so to pick up a draw was a positive result. And from the get, I, I thought the first half was fairly balanced, but we did look good. And again, defensively, very strong. Gianni Stensness involved, Bazanic involved. Good to see them controlling things and, 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 and creating chances um, from deep. Um, and we were utilizing the wings a lot. We, we are seeing Stefan Negro push further and further up the field. Jack Clisby, of course. These guys are playing crosses in, um, you know, from, from all over the place. Uh, which is good to see. Sometimes they're not quite on the target, which is frustrating um, for us fans. But we we certainly weren't letting Brisbane Brisbane dominate this game at home. Um, we have seen, especially early on in the season, they've absolutely you know ran riot um, against some sides at home. Just the way they play, and 
with their formation, once they get it going, once they once they get their game clicking and they get those attacking players on the ball shifting forward, it's hard to stop. But we we didn't allow that. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, the strength of the likes of Kai Rolls and Ruan Tongik. Tongik for me was man of the match in this game. He was absolutely massive and um, especially with Joey Champness playing on that left-hand side, Tongik a number of occasions um, cut him down. Same with Wenzel Halls, just didn't give him any time on the ball, um, which is probably something they looked at. They didn't want to give Brisbane those 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 players in the final third the chance and the, and the space to create and move around. Um, there were some good chances throughout this first half, a couple decent chances for us to score. Uh, nothing too clear-cut, though. We went into the halftime break with a nil-all scoreline. I think it was the second half, though, where we really, I felt like we really dominated. We really, really did. And the way we were playing, we were, we looked like the side more likely to score in the game for me. And we made some substitutions fairly early on. Louis Miller came on for Stefan Negro, who, Louis Miller, I mean, he wasn't seen as much early on in the season. Had a chunk of the season there where he wasn't even being named on the bench, but back in the side now and has been, been brought into the, Brought into the games um, in the second half pretty regularly at the moment. Came on in the 53rd minute, as did Jordan Smiley in the 65th minute for Alu Kowal. Kowal, um, yeah, again, sort of like he was throwing himself around getting in there, but again, didn't quite probably have the impact that we would have hoped for. And again, I do like Jordan Smiley. I think he's got plenty of potential. And we looked dangerous moving forward, created some good chances. And when we look at the stats... I don't, I don't think we had any trouble creating chances. We ended up with 20 shots on goal, which is our highest highest all season. That's We haven't had a figure that high um, all season. It's quite, quite rare that you see a team hit, hit, hit sort of the 20s when it comes to shots. The disappointing thing will be that only 25% of those shots were on target, only five on target. Um, we did dominate possession, 56 possession. And especially in that second half, we had solid chunks of the ball where you felt like that you know, we were just lacking that final pass, that final run. You know, we had the players on the field to do it, to score the goals, but weren't quite just finding. It's just always that final thing. We always, we have the ability to create the chances, I think. And, and you know, with the likes of Nisbet and the pace of Dan Bowman and, and the crossing ability of Negro and, and, and Jack Clisby. And when you got Matt Simon in the middle, you know, there's a recipe for goals there. But for the last few weeks, it hasn't been coming. And I think that's that's been the main frustration for many Mariners fans in the last few rounds. The fact that, especially early on in the season, we were sort of scoring goals regularly in a lot of games and scoring, you know, at least two goals a game. And at the moment, it's just not quite clicking. We're not quite, you know, we're not putting our chances away. And it was frustrating. It was frustrating not being able to put those chances away, but it was good seeing the performance. For me, this was our best performance for maybe the past month, maybe going back to our win at home to Adelaide United. Um, it, it was, it was, we were, I felt like, especially that second half, controlled the, controlled the half. Brisbane were a good side, didn't let them get on top at all. Yes, Brisbane had the chances. They managed 11 shots with only three on target, but you felt like the, we were probably the side that deserved the win in the end. By the full-time whistle, I think the nil or scoreline, you know, it wasn't an unfair result. I think I think that's okay. Both teams were probably happy to take a point from this game. Um, Brisbane probably Brisbane probably more frustrated, probably more frustrated not to get the win um, in a game like this with the potential of them sort of you know jumping over us um, on the ladder. They do still have a game in hand at the moment, um, but now sit five points behind us. So that's what it looks like in terms of the table. 
but I think they'll be more frustrated, um, especially being at home and considering that they had beaten us 4-0 uh, previously. They would have been confident to grab that win. But a nil or scoreline, I'm happy with that. And it meant that heading into the F3 derby, uh, which we were confident in winning and getting three points on, um, it set, set us up for a good, uh, exciting game on, on the weekend. So let's jump into that game right now. We're going to talk about the Saturday night's F3 derby. It's one change for this game. And of course, Marco Renia back into the side after his suspension was reduced from three games to two games. It meant that Alu Kowal dropped out to the bench. So again, a full strength lineup for these Mariners. Of course, I forgot to mention Danny De Silva out for these games though. Um, so bar the exclusion of Danny De Silva, hopefully it's nothing too serious in terms of his injury. He has missed a couple games so far this season. You might remember away to Western United. He was away with with an injury that just sort of he just left him out for one week. Um, but hopefully he's all good to go now, and, and we need him for the run-in for the for uh, the last few games of the season and as we head closer to the finals. Um, but it was a strong side that we took there to Newcastle, and in terms of the Jets lineup, of course they are without Yugarkovic, uh, which has been which has who has been the you know the catalyst for for their success. Well, not their success, but I mean he's 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 been a key player for them. I'll, I'll say he's been a key player for them um, for the last couple of years. Man, Ali Abbas came into the starting side alongside Angus Thurgate. They had Jordan O'Doherty out with injury, um, but of course we know Ali Abbas. He's 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 been um, a, a jet in the past, of course, going back to that 2008 Grand Final. Um, it's a it's it's an interesting side that Newcastle have at the moment because I think when you look at their side on paper, there's some decent names there. I mean, Angus Thurgate's a great player. Royal Donovan can score goals, as we know. Uh, you know, former Mariners Matt Miller, Nigel Bogart in defence. You know, the experience of Nikolai Topper Stanley. It's a decent side, and they, they, as I mentioned in last week's preview, they were sort of going into this game. Obviously, they can't make finals. They're rock bottom of the ladder. This game was a chance for them to get some pride back from the season. Beat the Mariners. Beat their rivals, who have been you know towards the top of the ladder all season. And stop them. That you know, the thing that they want is to stop seeing. You know, they don't want to see us succeed uh, where they have. Um, you know, and, and and with them failing so poorly this season. Um, so as they came out in that first half and they were aggressive, Jason Hoffman with an early chance in that first half, and they were they were getting into us and 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 a couple couple times, especially Gianni Stensness on the ball. Um, you know, getting getting physical with some players and particularly Jason Hoffman. There was an incident with Jason Hoffman where he was sort of, he was trying to rile Gianni up and I love Gianni Stensness. He's one of my favorite players in the squad. And, you know, he's still a young guy, Gianni, and he's only been in this this Mariners side for a couple of years, but he's grown so much and not just, not just um, you know, f- physically in terms of his stature, but just mentally and the way he controls the game, he's very... Um, he plays as if he's got like this really sort of, you know, especially being so- alongside of Oli Bazanik, someone with experience of Oli Bazanik. It's a great sort of partnership that they've created. And I'm sure Oli's passing on plenty of um, knowledge to Gianni when it comes to the sort of that, uh, that central midfield position. Um, it didn't mean that we weren't in the half for that first half. We were creating opportunities and we're really definitely going down the wings, um, which was interesting. I think maybe a tactic that we're looking to deploy was to try and get in behind those wing backs. Of course, Newcastle Jets for the last few rounds have been playing with with uh, sort of the three central defenders and the two wing backs, and that means that they can have that those uh, that space 
on the flanks exposed. And especially with Dan Bowman and Josh Nisbet on the wings, you know, they can they love space in the final third. That's those are the sorts of plays you want on the ball. Um, and especially with Marco Renya floating around, it meant that we had that little bit of extra dimension. Um, that's the difference when we have Marco Renya on our side. I don't think Alu Kowal sort of the two very different players, Arena and Kowal. And and same thing with Simon. I mean, that's the exciting thing. I think a lot of our strikers bring different qualities and they serve different purposes. And Marco Arena was good to have him back in the side for this game. For me, Arena probably wasn't performing at his top, you know, to his top level. That's, I mean, probably, you know, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was has been out for the last couple of games. Um, and, and I'm sure he'll get back up to the speed of things soon enough. But he didn't quite have the influence in the game that he usually does where he's sort of linking up play, getting the ball moving, shifting things, creating things in the final third. Um, but So it meant that a lot of our chances were coming from crosses in from out wide. And there was a few crosses that were really sort of wayward. I remember Stefan Negro was sort of struggling with some of his deliveries, which was frustrating to watch. Um, and and these players can can deliver a good ball, especially Jack Clisby, who's been on set pieces for for uh, many Vesset pieces for most of the season. and um, But it wasn't quite clicking. It wasn't quite clicking for us. And I, I was getting frustrated because I felt like that we could have we could have been creating more, tried something different maybe than rather than just sort of going down the wings. And, you know, Newcastle Jets, they play with just those two central midfielders. I would have, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of a drive through the middle there. You know, dominate the game, boss their midfield. And, you know, Gian, whether it's Gianni or Bazanic, just shift one of them a bit, for, a bit more, you know, Shift them forward, sort of shift the tactics a bit to to to, to you know really challenge Newcastle and and show them that we're up for this game and 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 you know with especially with the Renya dropping off as well, that creates you know a lot of confusion as well. You know that that might pull one of the centre backs out um, from that back three for Newcastle Jets. So, um, but again, it was it was frustrating to watch, and I felt like for this game we didn't perform as well as we did in the Brisbane game overall. Looking back, you'd probably have to say even though we picked up the win in this game. I felt like we played better against the Raw um, on, on, on uh, just a few days before. Looking at the stats, though, in terms of the shots, it looks very different for us, though. So, right, eight shots um, with only three on target. So definitely the chances weren't there for us in terms of when you look at the quantity of chances that we had compared to the Brisbane game. And possession was fairly balanced too, 52% to 48%, with Newcastle Jets managing 15 shots but only... Only they only managed three on target, um, but it was just it was frustrating. I think as well because it was such a gritty game. It really was, and and you felt like you know we should be doing better against the Newcastle Jets side who were struggling this year and haven't been up to scratch. And with the quality that we have, we sh- we felt like we maybe we should have had a goal heading into first into halftime. Should have picked up should have picked up a couple more in the second half. It was the second half where we did find our first goal there, Matty Simon. And the penalty, some some controversy around it. Um, you know, whether Dan Bowman went down a bit too easily, of course, Angus Thurgate making the foul there on Bowman. Um, for me, it was an, it's an interesting one. It reminds me of um, the second penalty in, in, of course, the crazy away game to Adelaide United earlier on in the year, where, of course, we had those three um, just uh, crazy penalties um, awarded against us. Um, I think it was the second one where Josh Nisbet fouled him. Uh, I think it was Stefan Mork in the box. Um, might have been Ben Halloran from memory, but um, very similar where sort of they just drift along and just get nicked and it can sort of go either way where there's like, did the player sort of just run into him or, you know, wasn't it an intentional sort of, you know, trip, I guess. But we got the penalty either way. And Matt Simon, of course, standing up 
to the penalty spot. Slotted at home. This guy loves F3 derbies. Uh, and we had that 1-0 lead, which was so good because, you know, we're so good at defending leads and, and, and holding on to them as we have so, so you know, done many times so far this season. And um, we had a couple of chances to, to, to lock it away. Didn't quite do that, which, again, was frustrating. And, again, that's something that fans have mentioned, you know, not being able to finish off the chances, and, and that's the frustration, especially as we head closer to the finals. But nevertheless, a 1-0 win in this F3 derby. Great to have another F3 derby win so far this season. Of course, we play Newcastle Jets very, very soon. They're one of our final home games of the season, so make sure you get out for that one. The countdown for the finals is well and truly on. We only have a few games left in this season, and we travel to Melbourne next weekend to face the lead, the latter leaders, Melbourne City, who have been um, on an incredible run of form. They did drop points, though, at home in that last game, a two-all draw with Wellington Phoenix. Um, of course, Wellington Phoenix are a good side, Quite haven't quite you know got it going so far this season, do sit outside the top six. Um, but they bothered Melbourne City in this game, and, and, and it was interesting, City... Rested a bunch of players from this game. Looking at their lineup, they had the likes of, um, you know, Jamie McLaren, Craig Noon, Roston Griffiths, Aidan O'Neill. These sort of these players, Scott Jamison, all these players starting on the bench, um, and and really just wanted to rotate the squad. Especially they've had a you know big run of games of late, um, but they've got the depth now, especially with the young players, Marco Tilio, um, Kolakowski. They started Sabaki um, in the lineup as well, so. Um, they have the. They certainly have the depth um, to to rotate the squad, but um, Wellington sort of got the better of them many times in this game. It was Tom Hamed for Wellington Phoenix who grabbed the two goals, and I think this will give us a bit of confidence heading into this game. You know, seeing City just stumble a little bit uh, in their previous game against Adelaide United, they were pretty convincing. Melbourne City four one win, and of course we know Adelaide United are a good side in tops in top six contention, and I think. I think this will be interesting because I think we would have learned a lot from the last time we played City. You know, it was a while ago now. Um, and you know, think back to the lineup. Like we started Max Ballard in that game. And again, as I mentioned in that in that in that week's episode, nothing against Maxi Ballard. He's he's shown us, you know, in the brief appearances that he has made this season that he's got plenty of potential. But it just wasn't the game for him to be playing in such a high intensity high sex game it was a great experience for the for the guy but he got uh, i think it was half time he got t- subbed off there um and we'll have gianni stansness in the side i think that'll be key because for me melbourne city's danger is is their midfield which is just so strong at the moment um connor metcalf is having a, a breakout season um of course metcalf has, has sort of been around the a-league for a couple of years now but he's he just look he's an absolute machine now. He's tall, he's strong, and he's young, and um, he's 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 been an, he's been ever present in that city midfield. Whether he plays as the holder or as one of sort of the number tens playing behind Jamie McLaren, um, what a player! So I, I'm loving. I'm, I'm I'd love to see Gianni's match up with him because they're very similar in size and stature, and I think if Gianni can sort of nullify Metcalf, not just Metcalf, but of course they have you know. You know whether it's Roston Griffiths, uh, former, well they're both former Mariners, Roston Griffiths and Aidan O'Neill, um, and of course the creative players Adriana um, Luna and Florin Berengay. These players, they're all and they're all very versatile as well. They can sort of shift around in that in those sort of that 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 three 
those three central midfielders can shift around and, and, and gel very well together. And then with those attacking three, the striker, and they play very wide, their wingers, they're really going to stretch our, our fullbacks out. Um, so it'll be an important game for Stefan Ingra and Jack Clisby. Whether Louis Miller comes in, maybe. Throw the dice, do something different. Um, Lewis Miller, I like him. I like him as a player. I think he's a bit temperamental at times. That's the only problem. He's um, he's very aggressive. Uh, when he gets forward, he loves to get forward. Um, but he's very physical and strong, and he and he is taller than Stefan Nigro. And Stefan Nigro has had a good season, but maybe for the past few weeks has sort of dropped off the levels a little bit. And again, that's maybe why we have seen Louis Miller brought on in the second half in many games, just to change things up. But it's good to have that option, at least anyway, whether Louis does come on in the second half. Um, but again, just going back to that midfield, that's where I think it'll be won and lost. Um, Melbourne City really nullified Oli Bazanic in that game. That was one of the first games of the season where we saw a team just target the heck out of Bazanic and just shut him down, who, of course, is one of our key creators. And I think that's where we really struggled in, in, um, in the previous fixture, that 2-0 defeat away to Melbourne City. But you have to think back to the time we de- defeated them earlier on in the season, that 3-2 win at home. Yes, they did go down to 10 men, and yes, they were without some key players. Um, but just having that confidence, the fact that we had beaten them before, and hopefully Danny De Silva's back for this game, um, we certainly have the qualities to, to, to disrupt City. And that's what we want to do. We want to we put them off their game, and especially heading into the finals, this could be the grand. This could be the preview for the grand final. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. How how awesome would that be? You know, it, it was looking like Melbourne City will probably finish on top. Um, I did mention earlier in the episode. You know, if we win this game, can we catch Melbourne City first? Yeah, maybe. But that means City are going to have to be dropping points, and we can't really see them doing that at the moment. They they look like they you know they can beat pretty much any side in the competition at the moment. Um, so this could be a grand final preview. Really, really excited for this game. It's Saturday night. Whether you're heading down there to Melbourne or watching on TV, make sure you're following along and supporting our Mariners in what is a massive, massive game. And then just another few games left over in the season. We've got, what, away to MacArthur and home games to Newcastle Jets and Western United. So it's a decent run-in. Even if we don't pick up a result in this game, don't be worried, Mariners fans, because these last three, we definitely have the potential to win. We should definitely win. We can definitely beat MacArthur away from home, and we can definitely beat Newcastle Jets and Western United at home. So thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Coast Watch Football Podcast. I know this has been an absolutely massive episode, the biggest one yet, but we had two games to break down and a big game on this upcoming weekend to talk about. Uh, make sure you follow Coast Watch Football on Instagram. We'll have all the links in the description. New episodes every single Tuesday. We'll chat to you guys next week.